Well, we're another week closer to the US election with COVID cases rising, but the markets were fairly calm on Friday. And there wasn't much reaction to Boris Johnson's claim that he's going to walk away from Brexit talks either on Friday. There probably won't be much reaction to Jacinda Ardern's election victory in New Zealand either. So what will set markets moving today? Perhaps more COVID cases? Perhaps China detaining Americans in retaliation against US arrests of Chinese academics? Or maybe Boris really will walk away? I doubt it. Meanwhile, RBA minutes today. The Aussie dollar was one of the biggest movers on Friday, so there's going to be a fair bit of interest in what was actually said at the last meeting. It's Monday, the 19th of October, 2020. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, all the action on Friday seemed to be in equities. The US dollar was down a little, but in all major currencies, we're talking about 0.1% in each direction, except for the Aussie and the Canadian dollars. The Aussie was down 0.2%, the Canadian up a quarter percent. Over the week, though, the Aussie was down 2.2%. On equities, a bounce back in Europe on Friday after those big falls on Thursday. The Eurostoxx 50 up 1.7%, the FTSE 100 up 1.5%. Smaller moves in the United States, where the Dow was up 0.4%, the NASDAQ was down by the same amount, and the S&P 500 holding steady in the middle there. Small moves on 10-year bonds at the end of the week, but a a jump in longer maturities in the United States, and bigger moves in Australia, which will... uh, come on to in just a moment and oil down a little bit as well but none of the the big volatility that we've been seeing lately everyone was calm on friday will it spill over into this week will we have more calmness well here's a very calm rodrigo catrill senior fx strategist for nab in sydney well i mean maybe rodrigo things calm down because uh, well we seem to have quite a lot of bad news last week like the the u.s uh, retail uh, the the u.s jobs numbers for example uh, and you know we had the uh, the suspension of uh, trials for the vaccines but on friday uh, the news is better we had retail sales for example for october 1.9 percent up month on month better than anticipated we had the michigan consumer sentiment that came in at 81.2 again up on the month before and, and better than expected so you know look, if we ignore industrial production and uh, the rising budget deficit in the united states if we, if we ignore those two and focus instead on the retail sales i mean it was a good day on friday wasn't it it was it was a great day so i mean when we look at retail sales uh, the number was pretty pretty strong it was more than doubled the consensus at 1.9 versus the 0.8 expected um, and the details of the number were actually pretty good as well because it wasn't just one sort of big driver pushing up the number higher it was fairly broad based um, not surprising motor vehicles or auto sales were were big big uplift or provided a big uplift but we also saw an increase in in clothing in sports sporting goods even drinking out and eating rose by 2.1%. So, so it, it is an interesting one because the question is, can this really be sustained ahead of, you know, what we know is, is sort of a rundown of, of those uh, income support and now many are, are kind of surviving on savings, if you like. And then the other angle as well on that is that what does it do to, to the whole stimulus negotiations? I mean, if everybody's fine, why, why does the U.S. need more stimulus? And yeah. um, so it's an interesting one, particularly for, for those Republicans in the Senate, they're not, they're not very keen to support um, the, the big stimulus that uh, the White House is trying to negotiate with Democrats in right, the Right, but there was research from the University of Chicago saying that those boosts to the unemployment benefits are what helped retail sales, just as you were saying. And, you know, they've, they've gone away or pulled back. So, uh, so that would argue the case that maybe it does need to continue. But Nancy Pelosi has basically set a deadline on this, hasn't she? Talked on ABC TV over the weekend saying uh, not that they're walking away from the negotiations, but uh, if it doesn't happen in the next 48 hours, it's not going to 
just the mechanics of it means it's not going to happen before the election day. Yeah, so she's kind of trying to put pressure on that. Um, and uh, there was even confusion as exactly what when the deadline applies. So uh, there's been clarification overnight that it's actually applied for Tuesday, not for Monday, because she spoke on Saturday. <laughs> so, mm. so now the deadline is for, for Tuesday. Um, and the interesting thing as well is that we had President Trump also supporting this whole idea, saying that he supports, you know, higher numbers in terms of the stimulus. You know, he even said two, even higher than two trillion, happy to, to go with it. Um, and then he also suggested that he would be able to um, to get the, you know the Senate Republicans to support a, a stimulus agreement one, once they, they they sort of finalize the numbers with Pelosi. So it remains to be seen um, right. that, that the Republican senators are the big sticking points. This is a three-way negotiating sort of yeah. uh, a dynamic. One is the White House with with the Senate, with the Congress and or rather the the, the House. Um, and we know and we know we, yeah, and we know this really yeah, exactly. And we know the Senate's not behind him all the way on this, and he's been talking big numbers before, so we won't uh, hold our breath on that. Look, the I, I, I asked the question: what's going to you know what's going to change things this week? Uh, and maybe it is going to be you know the the effect of uh, of, of COVID nineteen because it is rising. We had the the meeting of the G thirty yesterday online, of course. Christine Lagarde from the ECB was saying that there's a need for continuing stimulus uh, to avoid cliff edges. Uh, so presumably, you know, things like we've been seeing in America, there's the cliff edge that, uh, you know, is possibly going to have a, a bigger impact on on, uh, on the economy there. But also, you know, we are seeing more restrictions, aren't we? And this is what she was talking about, more restrictions emerging in Europe, London, Paris, Italy, Ireland, the Czech Republic. Uh, Northern Ireland now has got a, a circuit breaker for, for, for a few weeks. Uh, it might also be happening in Wales. It possibly will happen across the whole of the, the UK. So we're having more of these measures being taken. Uh, obviously, that means more stimulus, more more spending is going to be needed by governments. Yeah, um, but at the same time, it does mean, as you say, a huge economic impact. Um, and the, at the moment, the, the big concern in Europe mm. is that uh, these sort of localized measures will won't be enough to to arrest the increase in infections, and and this is really not an economic uh, sort of decision. It's, it's more about the healthcare service and the ability of the healthcare service to cope with increasing infections. And there there are reports overnight that many many cities in Europe are, are going to be struggling to to cope with the the rates of uh, hospitalizations over the next couple of weeks. So. Unless we see a decline in, in the rates of infections, the prospects for of broader national sort of lockdowns is very, very real in, in, in Europe. And, and you have to say that if the numbers continue to rise in the US, uh, the path will be looks very similar for the US as well. Well, if COVID-19 is going to be one of the drivers of the market this week, and it sounds like it might be, might not, if we start to see those numbers getting even worse, uh, the other one, of course, is going to be what happens with the US election. Early voting starts in uh, Wisconsin tomorrow. This is a vital state for Donald Trump. He... Uh, he won it last time by a margin of less than 0.8%. The bad news for the president is COVID-19 cases are rising rapidly there, over 3,800 a day. They're really having their first peak. They're getting their first big taste of it, which is not good timing for the president. Um, uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what this week brings, isn't it, on the election front? 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and you have to add that that we also have uh, the last presidential debate on the 22nd of October. So yeah. uh, certainly the, as, as we approach the election dates, um, you know, the focus will be very much on on how both affairing uh, Biden and, and President Trump. And uh, unfortunately for President Trump, the news around the virus are not helping. And also the stalemate with, with the stimulus as well is not helping either. Mm, yeah. Look, it was a more clear election in New Zealand, of course. I mean, it's being described a landslide. Not quite half the votes for Jacinda Ardern. It's very rare that anyone gets uh, 50% of the votes anywhere in the world, but not far off it. Less than 27% for the National Party. So a clear win. Are the markets going to react to that today? I mean, it wasn't unexpected, of course, that she was going to win. Maybe the scale of the win uh, was a bit surprising. Uh, no, I think that the market was kind of lining up. And in fact, we've seen a little bit of movement in, in the Kiwi, but nothing nothing really to, to write home about. And I suppose the, the historical importance is that the Labour Party has, has won. And it's the first time that we've seen... Uh, a party command a clear majority in the House uh, since, I think it's the early 90s, since 1993. So it is significant in that regard, but the, the market mm. was kind of expecting uh, the Labour Party and Arden to, to remain. Coming. So for now, the, the story is that, um, yeah. you know, we expect governments around the, the globe uh, to, to focus on the stimulus and to sort of lift and keep the economy going. I think the Arden government next year, once hopefully things come down, it will be a big focus in terms of, well, what are the priorities in terms of policy change? There's a lot of talk about, you know, environment. There's a lot of talk about the labor market. Uh, but, and you know, those discussions that are likely to take place in the middle of the pandemic, uh, we, we think that that yeah. will be a story for 2021. Which could be a long way off. Who knows? Look, uh, there was also not much market reaction. I guess it, this was just as expected that Boris Johnson would say, look, the UK is going to uh, walk away. Uh, from uh, the Brexit negotiations, I mean, the pound fell by one percent, so there was by one cent, I should say. So there was a uh, a bit of a reaction, but it came back again when everyone realised it was just bravado. I mean, they're now saying the door is still ajar. Michael Gove was saying that uh, on TV over the weekend. So I mean, Boris Johnson is walking away, but he's walking away very slowly. Oh, and look, he stopped to tie his shoelace as well. I mean, there's <laughs> there's not it's not that believable, really. He's still trying for a deal. That's right. So. For now, what we know is that they're, they're going to continue talking on Monday. Uh, that certainly the, the threat, if you like, not just from Johnson, but from other members, including Michael Gove, is that the UK is increasingly well prepared for a no deal Brexit. And they're talking about this sort of this Australian sort of type deal, which is effectively another way of saying, you know, a WTO agreement. No deal. Um, so it, it's definitely coming yeah. to, to crunch time, um, uh, but it remains to be seen. And, and again, the, another one important development, if you like, this week could be uh, an outcome one way or another in terms of the Brexit negotiations as well. And we saw more movement on the Aussie dollar than uh, most markets on Friday. As I said in the introduction, the Aussie dollar down 0.2% uh, on Friday on a day that most currencies barely moved and we had bond yields down as well so this is coming after really the, it's the after effects isn't it Philip Lowe and uh, his speech on Thursday his very dovish speech we get the RBA minutes tomorrow is that going to tell us any more is it going to reinforce the expectation of, of what's going to happen at, at the next meeting or has Philip Lowe said it all um, well I, I think that the, the, you know we've, it's already been set up in terms of the stage of what to expect with not only initially Guy Bell and now the Governor Lowe yes uh, last week setting up the stage and, and as you say we're still seeing a little bit of that sort of aftermath if you like, particularly in the bond market, we saw the uh, Australian bond yields declining uh, a lot more than than you know core global yields. In fact, you know ten-year Treasury yields lift up a little bit uh, uh, on Friday, and yet. 
Uh, Aussie futures uh, drifted a little bit lower. So um, it's still a reflection that the market is sort of uh, digesting what Governor Lowe said and the, the particular the prospects of, um, you know, having a QE program that goes beyond what is needed for the yield curve control target on the three-year part of the curve. So the move lower in Aussie yields is, is weighted a little bit on the Aussie. Um, but, it, you know, it, it wasn't a big move. We're talking about 0.2%. And, um, and the Aussie, when you look at it from all the, how it's been trading over the past couple of months, it's still kind of at the bottom of its 70s to 74 range uh, that is held it since you know middle of July or so mm. so um, certainly it's been the underperformer and there's the, certainly it's been the big underperformer on the week um, down over 2% um, and again you know the RBA expectations of further easing has been the, the big factor there in terms of pushing the Aussie lower. Now uh, we get numbers from China today we get their, their, their Q3 GDP we also get uh, retail sales fixed asset investments industrial production for all for September so it's a, a big day for China uh, to day as well so let's talk about that briefly before we finish and also a little bit of uncertainty as well perhaps emerging uh, perhaps more tit-for-tat measures because i mean remember back in july the u.s justice department arrested three scholars and one phd student because they said they'd lied about their ties to the chinese military and i think they've now been prosecuted and china is now saying well we're going to retaliate we're going to detain americans in china and issue them with exit bans uh, so uh, th- that could blow up or flare up a little bit this week as well couldn't it Yes, uh, so I suppose the China data in particular, uh, the GDP number is expected to be, again, very solid, 3.3 quarter-on-quarter, which again will highlight the fact that China is the big economy that is already growing and recovering above levels we saw pre-pandemic, so that's pretty important, and a little bit of focus as well on retail sales, which has been one of the stories that as much as we've seen a huge recovery in China, uh, the consumer has been kind of lagging behind. Um, The last month in October, we saw a bit of a rebound in, in retail sales so there it will be important to see whether we see again solid numbers in retail sales uh, for september as well for uh, in china and uh, as you say those news over the weekend that certainly um you know tensions between the us and china are not going away and in fact they, they're expanding beyond you know the, the economic side or the trade side and as you say now uh, china has threatened to yeah. uh, arrest or to detain americans in the in, in china as well so just a reminder that this is unlikely to go away even after the elections in um, from the US as well. It might get better though, might it? We'll see. Anyway, we'll leave it there for now. Good to talk. Catch you again very soon. Thanks, Rodrigo. Cheers, Phil. Cheers. If China wanted a Biden win, you'd assume they'd make uh, as much trouble as they could for Donald Trump, wouldn't you, in the uh, build-up to the election? Anyway, that's it for the morning call for this Monday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for now. Back again on t- uh, Tuesday morning. See you then.